Praise the Lord. Has God been good to anybody in here but me? Does anybody here get treated better than your sins deserve? I do. I get treated way better than I deserve. I don't deserve the good that I get treated. I deserve far worse. Let's just take a moment to thank Him for that. Father, I thank You, God, for Your goodness to me. Not that I deserved anything, but because of who You are. You love me. You're good. Your plans are good. I can trust in You. Thank You, God, You've taken my sin. You've cast it as far as the east is from the west. You've given me a hope and a future. I thank you, God. I don't even have to have it all figured out. You're so good, you've already got it figured out. To put my hope in you. To put my trust in you. You're, you're awesome, God. You're amazing. You only have my best in mind. give you glory today. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Praise God. Let's take a moment, Pastor Alex, just continue. Let's take a moment to pray for Pastor Daniel. He's away this weekend, and he'll be back uh, in a few days. Gone to honor one of our pastoral families. It's a part of our team. Be there to honor them. Special time in their life. We're going to take a moment to lift him up in prayer. I'm going to pray for the whole Bracken family. Why don't you stretch out your hands to Pastor Karen right here. Let's ask for God's grace to be upon them, especially this week of preparation for such a wonderful time that's coming up for all the ladies. Let's pray for them. Father, we thank you, God, for Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen, Hannah, Danny. We thank you, God, for the gift that you've given us. Thank you, God, that our lives have radically shifted because they moved to Alaska and have persisted in the calling upon their life. Whether it was a high time or a low time, they've remained faithful to what you've called them to do and to be and to become. And as a result, we stand here today blessed. And we thank you, God, for them. We pray blessing upon them. Protect Pastor Daniel as he's away. Pray, God, your grace be on him. Favor on their family as a shield. May everything the devil means for harm turn to good. Pray this week of wrapping up all the small things would be a joy. Oh God, a joy. May the joy of the Lord be their strength. I thank you, God. Protect their coming, their going. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big hand clap for the gift that he's given us. Amen. You may be seated this evening. We'll take a look in God's Word in just a moment. I'm so privileged to get to be here to share today, get to be a part of what God is doing in this time frame in Alaska. Never once did I dream I would be in Alaska. I was living in Maui. But it wasn't God's best for me. He moved me here for some reason. Glad I don't have to have all that figured out. Praise the Lord. Pastor Daniel, if you're watching, thank you for letting me declare the word tonight. What a great privilege. I want you to introduce my family. You probably know them, but we're still kind of new here. I feel like I'm still kind of new here. I still... I, Somebody told me today it was nice outside. I was freezing. <laughs> My hands are cold right now. Anyway, love you loves, would you stand up? Please, this is my wife, Minister Kimmy. And all my kids are over here. Stand up, kids. Stand up. We got Emma, Easton, Elian, Akella. And we just had a monumental... Uh, occurrence in my house. I have my very first ever teen living in my house. My daughter turned 13 this week. She makes me stand up a little taller when she comes around, trying to figure out how I can make sure I'm taller than she is. She's growing fast. Give me some platform shoes. 
Praise the Lord. Hey, I've got a great word to share with you tonight. Uh, if you've been a part of KC for a long time, uh, you may have heard something similar. There was a word released by Dr. Morocco back in the, in the Stone Age uh, that radically shifted the way we see our life. And ever since that moment, it's like, uh, well, you're not from Maui. It's like my whole perspective did a hulimaka flip. Anybody know what I just said? Neither do I. It's a terminology I just kind of flipped upside down. And uh, Dr. Morocco shared a passage, and I'm going to be sharing from it tonight. And uh, I, I hope that your life is impacted as much as mine was. Except I'm going to do my own version. I can't preach Dr. Morocco's messages. Only he can do that. Amazing. We really do belong to an amazing church. You are a part of an amazing church. If you've ever been to any of the other KCs uh, around the world, you quickly realize, wow, this is way bigger than I thought it was. God is doing amazing things. He's doing amazing things here, don't get me wrong. But in terms of all of KC, it's just mind-boggling. You belong to one church in many locations. When we started uh, serving at King's Cathedral and Chapels, there were 13 extensions. Whoa. Today there's 125, 127, something around there. Who knows? Amazing. That's amazing. All right, praise the Lord. I had this intern one time. I've had several interns. Most of them died. But I had this intern. That's why I don't take on interns very much anymore. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't anything. No, oh, not physically. So sorry that I didn't make that clear. Thank, thank you. If I say anything else ambiguous, just kind of or in the wrong way, just wave at me. I don't really take on interns anymore because I've killed quite a few. Damaged them. Still not getting it across. Okay, well, moving on. So I had this intern one time. He was a complete waste of skin. He was assigned to me. I didn't really want him. I was told, you're taking this intern. No, I, I don't want that intern. No, you're taking this intern. That's not fun. It's kind of like when you're in grade school or high school and your English teacher assigned reading to you, right? Everybody know what I'm talking about? You never enjoyed that, ever. If you did, something's wrong with you. We'll pray for you later. So I had this intern. He would stay up till 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning playing video games every night. Sleep till noon, show up at the church. Looking like he just woke up, which he did. And he'd go around from person to person. You guys got any food, man? This was my intern. Smelled terrible. Didn't brush his teeth before he showed up to ask for food. Yeah, I got some food. Everybody's throwing mints at him. You know what I'm talking about? This was his routine. He would show up late, perform poorly, didn't care, and, and he had a real horrible attitude. If it just wasn't fun, he wasn't going to do it. Oh, I'm over this. Oh, forget it. So after a considerable amount of time, months and months of trying to work with him, um, I decided, okay, we're going to have a meeting in my office, and I'm just going to blast him. I'm going to just tell it like it is, tell him what I see, and let him choose what he wants to do. So I called him in my office. He's sitting there. He probably just woke up. I said, today is the greatest day of your life or the worst day of your life. It's totally up to you. 
man, I hammered him like I'd never hammered anybody. I described to him the times that he had dropped the ball. I described to him his work ethic, zero. And I was not nice about it. And he had a choice that day to either make it the greatest day of his life or the worst day of his life. It was going to be the greatest day of his life if he actually heard and responded and said, man, I don't want to be like that. I want to be useful to the kingdom of God. Or it would be the worst day of his life if he totally took what I said to him, wadded it up like an old gum wrapper and threw it in the trash and said, oh, I'm over it, and went and did something else. You know him as Minister Chris Diamond. Some of you know him. He's not the same person he was. That day was the day that totally shifted his life. Man, he was crying tears that day. Edit that out of the uh, video later. Man, he was bawling that day. And he said to me, man, nobody has ever been that honest with me before. I don't want to be that. I said, all right, this is the greatest day of your life. Let's start changing some things around. It was a moment. Everybody say moment. It was a moment by which he had to grab a hold of it for what it was and respond the right way. It could have been the worst day of his life because he would have totally missed out on what case he had for him. I put it all on that one day. How are you going to respond? There are moments that happen like that to us. God moments that happen like that to us. My wife and I were not yet married. I may have shared this, but my wife and I were not yet married. Oh, I forgot to set my timer. Oh, that was a free one. That one didn't count. Whoa, starting at zero. That was just for fun. Pastor Daniel will be back in a couple of days. My wife and I had not yet been married, and we were both in college, and we were looking for something to do together for the summer and minister together in some way. And an opportunity had come to us to lead a team of people for the summer to a little church in the middle of nowhere on the big island of Hawaii. And uh, we didn't really know what we were going to be doing. We just knew that we were handed this team and asked to lead it up and go there. About a week before, maybe a couple of weeks before the time came to leave, I got a phone call from the pastor of that little church. It wasn't KC. I got a phone call from the pastor of that little church. And I happened to say to him on the phone, well, what do you want us to do when we come? He says to me, well, what can you do? I don't know. I said, well... I know how to do puppets. Oh, that's awesome. We need somebody to work with our children all summer long. Oh, okay. Well, I'd be happy to do that. If that's what you want me to do, that's what I'll do. My wife and I, either that evening or some other time, soon after that, decided to go out and get a cheeseburger. She was just a, a, a girlfriend, if you want to call it that. What? Fiance. Didn't get the time frames right. I'm going this side and preach on this side over here. Open. Besides, this side doesn't squeak like that side squeaks. I've been kind of on the Baymax diet lately. If you look at my old pictures, you can tell. So we're sitting in this in her car outside of a McDonald's. And I said, oh, by the way, the church in Pahoa uh, had called, and um, I talked to them about what we're going to do this summer because we didn't know what we were going to do. Said, oh, yeah, well, what are we going to do? I said, uh, they've asked us to work with their children all summer. It was really quiet in the car. My wife's sitting there, and tears start coming down her eyes. I'm kind of like, 
she starts sobbing. Sobbing. And it was getting a little more past sobbing into something else. There's levels. I said, are you okay? She goes, I hate kids. She says, I hate kids. I didn't know what to say. I wanted lots of kids. My whole world took a shudder. The person I'm wanting to marry hates kids. How are we going to have our own kids? I don't know how to do anything else but kids. Ministry, that's all I know is puppets. There's a moment in that car where she had to release faith. She had to take a step of faith, and it was a God moment. And it was a God moment to do something she really didn't want to do. Could, it, could God have you set up to do something you don't really want to do to actually turn out to be the greatest thing in your life? Seems like on that day, I said to her, well, okay, why don't we go do what's been asked of us to do, and if you hate it, we will never, ever minister to children ever again. We're still ministering to kids 17 years later. Good job, lovey. You made a good choice. She said, oh. Okay, I'll try it. That was a rugged conversation right there. We find a similar story in the Bible. A few weeks ago, Pastor Daniel preached a wonderful, powerful message from the book of Genesis. God is the author of time. If you haven't got to hear that, you need to go to our website and listen to it. It's the one that pops up right away and plays. I'm not preaching that message, but I am going to preach about God moments. Because I don't want you to miss God moments. Even if the moment happens to look like something you really don't want to do. Like it was for my wife. Take your Bible, if you will. I got a lot of stories. I'm not going to share them because it takes me a long time and my timer's moving. And I don't got any more free spins. Uh, take a look at 2 Kings. 2 Kings, chapter 13. And we're going to pick up on verse 14. A very interesting story. I hope it speaks clear to us. Now, Elisha was suffering from the illness from which he died. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried. The chariots and horsemen of Israel, Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. When he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared. You will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. Then he said, take the arrows. And the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck it three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, 
you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated a ram and completely destroyed it. But now you will only defeat it. You'll defeat it only three times. Elisha died and was buried. Let's pray. Father, speak to us today. This is such a DNA word for our whole organization. Lord, I had another message prepared today, but God, you spoke to me this morning to speak this word again, to share it, because there are many of us here today, maybe every one of us who today or this week are going to face a moment such as the King of Israel with arrows in our hand. Lord, speak to us today. Give me an anointing to communicate clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. We had just moved to Oregon, and my wife had just arrived in Oregon. I was there for a couple days before. Moving from Maui to Oregon was a monumental feat. And when they arrived, when my family arrived to Oregon, uh, it was the starting date of the Oregon Prophetic Conference. We hit the ground running. And so our whole everything was in boxes. We couldn't find a toothbrush. Couldn't find clean anything. And so my wife decided to stay home that night on the opening night of the prophetic conference there. Pastor Daniel happened to be there. And with the kids, well, I said, I, I, I don't want to go by myself. Let me take somebody with me. So I said, Emma, why don't you go with me? This is a uh, last uh, couple, two, two, two marches ago, two years ago. And so I took Emma, and we're at this service. Everything seemed normal. All of a sudden, Pastor Brian Reynolds stands up and says, Emma, God's got a good word for you. Do you remember this? God's got a word for you. Pastor Kelly, Pastor Kelly's like sitting over there doing her own thing. Stand up and prophesy over Emma. <laughs> Pastor Kelly's like, <coughs> what? Right now? Yeah, come on over here. So Pastor Kelly walks over, stands in front of Emma. She, this is her, she just landed. They just have arrived. I just happened to bring her that night. And Pastor Kelly's standing there for a moment. Tears start coming down her eyes. She goes, Emma, I just believe God wants me to tell you that he wants to give you a horse. And it's a beautiful horse. And you're going to love it, man. I started bawling, crying because I'm the daddy. And they don't know her that well. And they don't know that my daughter loves horses and has asked for a horse for her birthday since she was born. I'm crying. She's crying. Everybody's crying. Got done prophesying over us. I went out to go get a drink of water or something. A lady catches me, and she goes, I have your daughter's horse. There was a lady that just happened to be sitting in the back that had a horse she didn't know what to do with. And said, I'm going to give your daughter my horse. Just let me know when you want to make it happen. She just happened to be there. There's not a such thing as coincidence in the kingdom of God. There is such a thing as moments that God has set up for you. And in those moments such as the king of Israel, we can either grasp a hold of it for what it is or be like the king of Israel and just kind of take it. All right. So let's look at this story. King of Israel, the, uh, Israel at the time was being oppressed by their enemies, um, country of the nation of Aram, wherever that's at, I don't know. You can look it up. And so the king is desperate, and he goes to Elisha. Elisha's going to die. At that time, if you wanted to hear from God, you had to go find the man of God. It's not like that today. Jesus made a way for you and I to talk to the Father anytime we want. We don't have to go find the man of God. You can be the man or woman of God and hear from God. That's awesome. Chicken skin, that's why I'm shaking my arm. Um, what do they call it here? Goosebumps. Sorry. 
So he's chasing down Elisha, and Elisha's going to die. Elisha's laying on the bed, can't even get up. What am I supposed to do? Help me, man of God. The king is desperate for a word from God. Elisha does something unusual here. Shoots an arrow, puts his hands on a bow, says a few things. Okay, take those arrows and strike the ground. Tank, tank, tank. Okay. And then Elisha gets really angry with him and says to him, you don't get it. You just, that was everything right there. How is it the king of Israel missed that moment? How is it he didn't hit the ground five, six, nine hundred times? How is it he didn't hit the ground till the arrow shattered and broke and he had nothing left and he picked up the pieces and kept hitting the ground? Well, we can look back at the story and say, well, you should have. That's easy to see. How is it he didn't see that? Could it be that his expectation of what God was supposed to do, God didn't do? It could be that the criteria that he showed up with, looking for the man of God to do, his preconceived notion of what would happen caused him to totally miss what God was doing. Didn't even see it. And he missed it. Yes, they defeated Aram three times, but only three times. What do you think that king probably did after Elisha told him, you missed it? He probably picked those arrows back up. I would have picked them back up. and, All right, give me a second chance. When God moments, you don't get a second chance. He didn't, Elisha didn't say to him, hey, keep going, keep going, keep going. He said, dude, you missed it. Yikes. God moments work like that. If you were here for Pastor Daniel's message, God is the author of time. You may recall that there's two references to time. One of them is chronos in the Greek. It refers to a sequence of minutes. It's quantitative. You can count it. Uh, what time are we going to eat? Because I haven't eaten today. Uh, what time is early morning prayer? Because I can't wait to get there. It's probably I'm probably the only one. We go by that. We have time pieces to help us make our day count. Make sure we're at work on time. Whatever it might be. Or to get us up for prayer. Some of us have to use several time pieces to get us up for prayer, and they still don't work. I had an intern one time who had to set six alarm clocks around her room just so she could get up and make it to prayer so I wouldn't yell at her. Kronos. We count it. The other one is Kairos. Kairos. It's not a quantitative thing. It's a moment thing. Just like the king experienced here. It's a moment by which everything could pivot as to what happens in that moment. It's not a set time that God has on his calendar on March 6th at 7.01. There's going to be a moment. It doesn't really happen like that. But there are God moments you and I some of, us, some of us could be facing them even right now, and you're in the decision process of deciding how, what you're going to do. Is this a God thing? Is God doing this or not? What is God doing? There's a few things about God moments we need to be aware of so that we don't miss them. First of all, the, you don't recognize them for what they are. They're not well marked. It's not like you go to a a store, and they're on the shelf, and you can figure out which one it is. God moments. Oh, look at that. They don't show up like that. It's, they aren't um, well marketed. God doesn't do any marketing for Kairos moments. Doesn't work like that. In fact, they usually look like something they're not. God opportunities don't look like they should like you and I think they should look. The king of Israel sure experienced that. He must have been looking for something else to think that it was God responding and missed what 
really happen. God moments aren't, aren't uh, identifiable by what you and I think they should look like. Many of you know I have a, uh, a puppet named Harry. Yeah. It's time for Harry because Harry is the bomb. He was given to me by an older lady who was going to throw him in the trash. He was old and beat up when he was given to me. Now he's older and beat up more. He's had surgery at least three times. Cosmetic surgery. Three times at least. He's done puppet shows where his eye has, his eye has flown out at the kids. He needs healing. He does not look like something that would be of great value. He's preached to more kids than I have. I've preached to tens of thousands of kids. And that ugly, stinky thing has preached to more. He's more, he's, uh, he's so valuable, but he doesn't look like that. God moments are very similar. They don't look like what you have in mind. Something else about God moments in our life is they, they cost us to engage in. I'm sure the king of Israel wanted to go to Elisha and say, can't you do something about this? You know, get up, call fire down, call in an angel to wipe everybody else out. The king actually had to engage in the moment. He couldn't just be a bystander and wait for something to happen. God moments don't work like that. If you think you're just going to stand still and God's going to do it all, you're going to miss the moment. Also, God moments will require a step of faith. There's the scary part. Faith is really kind of scary. I've always kind of said to myself, and I've verbalized it a few times, uh, stupidity and faith look very similar. It's hard to tell the difference in them. Faith doesn't make sense unless you look at it through spiritual eyesight. Kairos moments, God moments require us to operate in faith. I believe God will. Any intern that I've ever had or somebody like Minister Chris, uh, one of the first things that I do with them is tell them, you have to stop saying the words I feel like. Because at some point, you'll feel not like. And then you're going to get robbed. You can't say feel or, uh, or something like that to express what you think God is saying to you. You have to say, I believe. When you say, I believe, and take action on it, something totally different happens. Then I, I feel like God wants me to do this. Well, tomorrow, I won't feel like it. Either you believe it or you don't. God moments require us to operate in faith. You have to choose something you don't know what the outcome will be. That is a faith step. A faith step looks a lot like if God doesn't show up, I'm going to be utterly embarrassed. I am going to look embarrassed and be a failure if God doesn't show up. That's pretty much how you know it's a faith step. Scary beyond all reason. <sighs> Steps that we take that have the whole plan laid out and everything goes like you want, that's not faith steps. Word of God makes it clear. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Could it be that God has us set up to take steps where we don't know what's going to happen, and we are going to look like a moron if God doesn't show up, could that possibly be God's will? Yes. Because when you take that step, He goes, Oh, did you see that? Let's, let's, let's show up. Let's act on what they did. God responds to faith. God responds to faith in God moments that He has set up 
I know there are moments by which God arranges something and then watches to see what you'll do. And in those moments, your life can take a serious pivot towards a destiny that He's been waiting for to give you. Or it goes down a road where you just keep going around the same old, the same old, the same old. They missed it. We'll do it again in a few years. Yikes. I don't know about you. I don't want to miss those moments. I don't want to miss moments by which God is going to do something and I didn't have enough faith to show up or to put action to it. You ever look back and wish you'd have done it differently? Yeah, me too. I got some things like that. Embarrassing things. Horribly embarrassing things. There's a few stories I wish I could share, but I can't share those things. Oh, no. I won't be here next time or next Sunday. Lord, help me. I'm tempted. Jesus, heal me. No, I can't do it. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. Suffice it to say. (laughs) I was out visiting one time. (laughs) Going door to door. I will not tell you the whole story because I will not be here anymore. But you, you have never been embarrassed as bad as I was embarrassed. I promise you. (laughs) Hold on. I was out visiting in this neighborhood, and um, I was in a place that didn't have any facilities to use. And my my tummy did a hulimaka flip. Now you know what I'm talking about. End of the story, it was a really bad day in the women's restroom of a public restaurant. That's where I was. With no materials to clean anything up. And when you live on a little island and you minister to thousands of children, a lot of people know who you are. Enough of the story. I don't think that was a God moment. But my response, my response was as if it was. I went home that day, asked my wife, crawled under my blankets and didn't want to come out. It took all of my faith to go back down the mountain the next day and say, I am still going to accomplish what God has created me to do. Embarrassed or not embarrassed, I'm going to go do this thing. Don't miss your moment. You don't want to have one of those moments. Miss that moment. Hey, if you're a note taker, write down these five things. I'm going to help you. Five things, five, five ingredients to not miss the moment like the king of Israel did. Don't miss your moment. You may be in one today. Maybe next week. Uh, First of all, make the most of every opportunity. Take your arrows and beat the life out of them. Whatever that is. Maybe it's your small group. Make the most out of that opportunity. Maybe it's serving in a ministry. Maybe it's the upcoming Saturday night service. Take your arrows and beat the life out of them. Don't miss the opportunities in front of you. The women's conference could very well be the moment God's waiting and he's got a Kairos moment set up for you and you haven't even registered yet. Maybe you need to register someone else. Did you know that you can have moments that affect people in such a profound way that their life is never changed? Is never the same, sorry. Is changed to the degree that they're never the same. There are Kairos moments that are like a ripple effect and uh, uh, affect people around you. Uh, I was doing this summer program 
was doing this summer program, and uh, there were these kids part of my summer program, and they, their family had fallen apart, and I made it a rule I was not going to pick up anybody for the summer program in my car. And their family had had a full-on come apart, and it was ugly, and they needed a ride. Well, I made it a rule I'm not picking up kids for the summer program. I do enough bus ministry. Well, God spoke to me. You go pick those kids up. So I went early every time, picked them up. Didn't really feel like I was doing much. Time goes by. They've moved. They're doing other things. Did you know that one of those kids that I picked up is the worship leader of the church in Dallas? The KC in Dallas, the worship leader, is the girl that I picked up over and over again. It was a moment cost me, but affected them in such a profound way. Make the most out of every opportunity. You have an opportunity to encounter God in prayer every day. There, are, there is prayer meetings every day in KC. Number two, so number one, make the most of every opportunity. Number two, live by the Spirit. Man, your flesh does not want to do the will of God. It will revolt on you, I promise you. It is pre-programmed to not do the will of God. Your natural response to circumstance is to not do it God's way. That's your normal response, natural response. To do anything God's way is a supernatural thing because you're not made to do that. Your body is not made to get up early to go to prayer. Your body is not, the way you're made up is not built to witness to people about God's goodness. That's why you feel so... Sweaty bullets just to say to somebody, hey, what church do you go to? I go to King's Chapel. Do you want to go with me? God does such great things. We get nervous to say that to people. You are not built to do God's will because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. You've been pre-programmed to resist doing God's will. You have been programmed to be selfish and hateful and envious and jealous and lustful, that's what you've been pre-programmed to do. It takes an act of God to cancel that out of your life. When you invite Jesus into your life, he starts working on those things, trying to eradicate them out of our life, and your life becomes a battle zone. Your life becomes a battle zone between your sinful nature and the life of the Spirit, who is the Spirit of God who is trying to get you to do things God's way. You will miss moments simply because your body didn't want you to get there. You will miss it. You'll miss moments because you didn't want to get up early or stay up late. You'll miss moments because you... uh, Don't like to physically exert your body to serve in some way. You'll miss moments. Don't miss your moment. Don't let your physical body get in the way of you serving God. Aren't you glad you came to church on Sunday night? Number three, operate in faith. We went over that. You're going to have to take a step of faith. One, make the most of every opportunity. Two, live by the Spirit. Three, operate in faith. Four, pass the test. I remember sitting in staff meeting one time, and Dr. Morocco just happened to say, hey, guys, I just want you to know everything's a test. I hated that. I like to have tests over here and other things over here. It don't work like that. The kingdom of God doesn't work like that. Pass the test. Whatever it is you're facing, pass the test. Act like the thing that you're facing is your Kairos moment. Even if it doesn't feel like it, act like it is. Whatever it is that God's put in your heart to do, 
Act like it's your moment. Pass the test. Pass the test of integrity. Pass the test of, of obedience. Pass the test of submission. Pass the test. Lastly, before we're done here, number five. Oh, we, should, we may should have made this number one. Watch your attitude. Your attitude can totally make you miss what God has for you. Was that thunder outside or was that like people groaning in here? It sounds the same. What's your attitude? Your attitude can make you miss what God has set up for you. There's an attitude in the there's an attitude that comes about in our selfish human nature that causes us to really miss out on what God has for us, and this is what it is. What's the least I can do and still get by? That is horrible attitude. You will miss so much God has for you. What's the minimum? Tell me the minimum. That's, that's my aim. Long as I can get there to the through the minimum, then I'm satisfied with that. God has so much more. We have a statement in my house. I don't have a perfect house. don't have a perfect family. We have some things, some mottos, if you want to call them in my house, and some things we encourage our kids in. And one of the things we try to help our kids do is in the realm of serving. We don't let them finish serving until they come back and ask us, is there anything else I can do? That's kind of something we keep saying in our house. And they've started saying it on their own after 45 years. When they come up to me and say, what else can I do? It's like the greatest thing I hear in my house. What else can I do? What if you approach God that way? What else could I do? Don't miss your moment. Take your arrows and beat them until there's just nothing left of them. Give it your everything. Live your whole life knowing you beat those arrows every day of your life. Stand before God on judgment day with no arrows left in your hand because you beat the life out of them. Let's take a moment to pray. Father, I thank you, God, for this word that you've asked me to share today. I've done the best I can to release it in my own way. Lord, help us, oh God, to be people cognizant of the moments you have aligned for us. So I'm going to face it today, maybe later this week. Maybe it has to do with an attitude that we have regarding various things. Maybe it has to do with mis making most of every opportunity, whatever it might be, oh God, may we not miss the moments that lie ahead. May we not miss the moments you have ordained to be a pivot, to be a turning point towards the destiny you have set out for us. Oh God, help us. Make us sensitive to your spirit. Help us to live by the spirit. Help us, oh God, we pray. In Jesus' name. We have a special video to show this evening. Uh, from Pastor Daniel about some, something exciting that's coming up in the world of King's Chapel, Wasilla. If we've got that, let's go ahead. God bless you. Pastor Daniel Bracken here, and so thankful for all that God's doing here at KC Alaska. We are growing, growing, growing. And as a result, we're going to start another service on Saturday night, 6 p.m., and it starts April 2nd. Now here's the plan. We're gonna run it from April 2nd to May 28th and see how it works out. So Saturday night, 6 p.m., it starts April 2nd and will go through to May 28th. And that's to facilitate all the new families that are coming so we can have room for your children and uh, of course room here in the main sanctuary. And so we'll hope that you come 
and continue to participate in all that's taking place here at KC. If God speaks to your heart to come on Saturdays, can you come and be a part of what's taking place? It'll be very similar to a Sunday morning service. In fact, Saturday night, the Lord's directed me to preach the same message that I'll preach Sunday morning. So it's like a Sunday morning service on a Saturday night. When I grew up as a, as a Catholic, uh, we used to have service Saturday night. Maybe some of you will remember that. So Saturday night, April 2nd, 6 p.m., and we're going to try it for about 60 days, up till May 28th, and we'll see where we stand just before we go into the summer. God bless you. We'll hope to see you in services. Praise God. Hey, don't miss that moment. It's going to be awesome. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand together with me? Today could be very, very well could be a Kairos moment for you, especially if you're standing here and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This is your moment to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to make Him the, the ruler, the king over your life, to surrender your everything to Him as a pivoting moment. Your whole life pivots the moment Jesus takes over. I'll never remember that day I did that. I was eight. I remember that day. Because on that day, my life really did pivot. It really was a moment that I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I remember where I was. I remember what I was wearing. I could drive you there today. It wasn't even at my home church. God really does want to shift your life. This really is a moment for you to receive Jesus, what he did on the cross, what he did through his resurrection for your life. Before our time is up tonight, before we leave and go our ways, I want to make sure you don't miss that moment. The moment that God brought you here for to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Let's take a moment to bow our head tonight and to just close our eyes so that nobody else bothers us. Just for a moment as you reflect on what I just said, deep down in your heart, is Jesus Lord? Is He the King of your life? What would He say if I asked Him if He was the Lord of your life? How would He respond? Would he say, yes, I am? I can tell. Or would he say, I don't know, it's hard to tell. I don't, I don't think so. Tonight, you can change that. It's your moment to receive Jesus. Make him the Lord. If you'd like to do that, tonight is your moment. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. Let me see who I'm praying for. Tonight, you want to make Jesus. I see that hand. I see those hands. I see lots of hands. Today, you want to receive Jesus. I will pray for you. Put your hand in the air. Let me see you. If that's you, I see your hand. Today is your day. Yes, I see your hand, sir. I see their hands. We've got kids. We've got youth. We've got adults. I'm going to ask you to do something very bold. Put action to this moment, this Kairos moment for you and your life. Just as the king of Israel had to put action to those arrows, I'm going to ask you to do something simple. Pastor Alex is going to sing a song, Lord, I give you my heart. And I'm going to ask you to step out from where you are and come meet me right up here. Our pastors are going to come join us too. Got some ministers here. They're going to come join us and our leaders are going to come too just to meet you. We want to pray with you and meet you. So why don't you do that right now? Start singing. Come join me.
Have your way in me. The last line of that song is a submission statement. Lord, do what you want. That is how we approach God. Lord, do what you want. It's how we operate as Him, as our Lord and our Savior. Tonight, I'm going to lead you in a time of prayer. Sometimes I don't know what I should pray, and I wish somebody would help me. So I'm going to help you. And then I'm going to take a moment to pray for you. And standing around you are people who are so excited that you're standing here. And they just want to visit with you for a moment, pray for you. Let's take time to pray right now. Why don't, why don't we all pray together? Let's do that right now. Let's bow our head. Let's close our eyes just, just so nobody else bothers us. And I'm going to ask you to say this simple prayer with me right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, I choose tonight to make you my Lord, make you my Savior. Come into my life. Be my God. I'll follow you. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, there's people that stepped out tonight based on a call to receive you. I pray right now, Spirit of God, that just like you did on that night, that kid's service when I was eight, you do the same for them. Spirit of God, touch them. Fill them afresh. Fill them with your goodness. Oh God, begin to work and operate in their life. Even as they're driving home, may they begin to hear your voice in a new way. When they lay their head down tonight, may they hear you speaking to them like they never have before. I thank you, Lord, for meeting us here tonight. Thank you for this moment by which they could receive you. Thank you, God, that you granted them today. Lord, none of us are even know if we'll be here tomorrow. But you granted them today to make sure that you're the Lord and Savior of their life. I thank you, God, for that. Spirit of God, touch them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Right around you is somebody that wants to meet you. I'm going to ask Pastor Karen to come. If you'll just stick around for a moment, somebody will approach you. Don't go away. Just meet them. Pastor Karen's going to come. Pastor Alice, would you just go ahead and lead us in a song just quietly while they're doing the little talking? of you just take one another by the hand and Pastor Kirsten thank you for that Kairos word of the Lord for even this moment let's pray Lord we just thank you so much for your word and Lord we ask God that you would help us to be sensitive to those Kairos moments and times Lord that we would seek your face Lord, we'd be sensitive. We would not miss those God moments. And Lord, I just pray right now, God, that you would bless your people.
Father, cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' mighty name, bless them. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. We're so thankful you came tonight.